Responders Breakfast. We are first responders. We broadcast live from Scramblers on Republican National. You come by, you're going to get breakfast free thanks to Scramblers. Also, Pyramid Roofing and Barker's Frame and Collision. A big thank you to all of them. So just come by. It's as simple as that. As a first responder tomorrow morning, Going to get yourself some free breakfast uh, there as we broadcast that Friday road show from Scramblers. We'll, we will this morning have um, some of the debate audio from last night. Uh, the The big takeaway is that Nikki Haley called Vivek Ramaswamy a scum. Uh, that's like the big big takeaway, big headline. Uh, there there were some significant uh, back and forth last night uh, that did occur. Trump at the same time holding his rally. He referenced his poll numbers. He also referenced the unwatchable debate that was taking place at the time. And and he was on a roll with some of the nicknames. And uh, we have some audio of that uh, hitting one, Nikki Haley in particular. Uh, He's got uh, a name for her. I, I believe it is a name that he has utilized before. One of his big points of contention with her is that at one point she said she'd never run against Trump. If he was running for president, she wasn't going to, and then she decided to. And of course, you know, that doesn't strike Trump as ex- uh, exceedingly loyal, and that's something that uh, he has a problem with. There are new, there's a CNN poll out, and Trump, he, he just referenced this last night, that <laughs> shows that amongst, um, Uh, I've got it in the stack here, and and we'll get to it, but it's one of the age demographics of of black men. Trump is now leading Biden. This was a CNN. This was on CNN poll. Um, (laughs) I'm telling you, only for so long are Democrats and anti-Trump Republicans going to be able to dismiss polls as anomalies. There was also another poll that was released yesterday or the day before. It was a national poll, but it showed, I think it was the same CNN polling, uh, Trump beating Biden on an, you know, across the nation, uh, not a state by state. But what is occurring here is the consistency. What we aren't seeing mixed in are polls that show Biden winning against Trump anyhow. And we are shifting to a point where a poll that may show Biden beating Trump in an election is going to be the anomaly, not the other way around. And I I think that it's, well, it's not an anomaly at this point. It is becoming the norm, though it is short term. And clearly we're far out and you have polls of varying degrees, uh, voters uh, versus registered voters versus those who plan on voting, though it is a year from now, versus state by state. One of the most significant, of course, recently was the six battleground states in which Biden won, Trump winning in five of those. 
um, one or two of them by double digits. I mean, this is a sort of thing that um, you know, Democrats can crow all they want about the tremendous successes of these elections that took place. Uh, you know, in, in their perspective, though, I, I don't think that when you get down to the root of it, we talked about this to some degree, it's not nearly as indicative of some sort of a democratic wave of support as they would like to present it. But you showboat your stuff. You, you, you play it up to be a little bit more than it is, hoping to excite your base and turning it into uh, some sort of a disproportionate benefit for your party. So, you know, that occurs. That, and that's a natural thing that is going to occur. But... Um, yeah, it, it's it's just there's there's got to be this uh, moment of reality sinking in, and <clears throat> these poll numbers. Uh, I, I can tell you this: a week from now or two weeks from now, particularly if these polls, if there are additional polls that come out that are looking great for Trump over Biden, Democrats are not going to be running around saying, "Oh yeah, but we won re-election in Kentucky," or "Well, but Democrats in Virginia." Because that clearly is not translating to Biden. We're talking about two same party, yes. But unfortunately for the Democrats, there does not appear to be really any connection in the minds of the voters. After we get the latest news update, I want to share a piece that the Washington Free Beacon has that is insight into a part of this entire Israeli, Muslim, Palestinian, Hamas situation going on. And it's an area that doesn't get discussed. And that is Muslims who live in Israel. Not, no, I'm not talking about Gaza under the Palestinian Authority. It is understandable if the average American believes that in Israel you have this Gaza <clears throat> area and that's where all the Muslims have to go. When you have Democrats referring to it as an open-air prison that falsely suggests that that is where all the Muslims are forced to go. When in fact there are a couple of million about 20%, in fact, one out of five citizens living in Israel is a Muslim. We're not, I'm not talking about Gaza. And what of their perspective in all of this? Because you and I are supposed to believe that is, the Israeli government is so oppressive of Muslims. That's the whole problem, right? that they force them into these open-air prisons. It's apartheid. Well, just out of the gate, the fact that one out of five people living in Israel, again, not talking about Gaza, but just are Muslim. Well, that seems to be a bit of a contradiction given the presentation of Israel treating Muslims as if they are slaves. And the Washington Free Beacon has noted there is, and you and I aren't in the loop of this, most of us are not, but there has been this 
this new phenomena occurring that is new in these conflicts in which you have uh, Muslim Israelis, some of which have long considered themselves and even called themselves Palestinians, that are very, very, very popular on social media. They've got millions of followers on TikTok, and they are coming out in support of Israel. And while over here in the United States and other parts of Europe, interestingly enough, uh, the whole presentation is one that is the Jews versus the Muslims. And that Muslims are upset, they're angry, uh, while they may not all support terrorism, uh, the cause they support because the, the Jewish people of Israel are so horrible and the government's so horrible. But that's not the feeling of the Muslim population, at least as, as a, a whole, in Israel, of all places. So I want to share that piece with you coming up here uh, in just a couple of moments. The American Transmissions Talk at text line 447-KSGF. Latest news update. Good morning, everyone. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. The FBI is investigating three ATM thefts in the Ozarks in the last six weeks. Investigators say the crimes follow a similar pattern. The suspect steals a truck, attach it to an ATM, and pull the front off so they can get cash. The most recent theft happened at the Southern Bank on Jackson Road in Ozark on October 30th. This week, federal prosecutors charged one of the suspects, a man from Houston, Texas. Authorities say Nigel Luchin abandoned the car nearby but left his driver's license inside. In Texas County, a man thought he was shooting an intruder, but authorities say he actually killed his roommate. The shooting happened early Wednesday morning at a home in Bucyrus. The sheriff's office says the man told him he mistakenly shot the 31-year-old woman. She died at the scene, and the man was taken to jail. Criminal charges are pending, and the names of those involved have not been released. From Color 10 News, I'm Angela Luna. First alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks. Home improvements, cloudy, slight chance of afternoon showers, high of 57. Slight chance of rain tonight, 40. And tomorrow's high, 61, though. Wind chill at times, 37. There's a false premise that is a constant regarding the situation in Israel, and that is if you support the Palestinians, then you have to be against Israel's relentless thus far attempt to eradicate Hamas. And I argue the opposite. If you truly support the Palestinians, if you truly support the citizens of Gaza, then you do support Israel eradicating Hamas. Hamas, they're just a bunch of thugs that utilize the citizens in Gaza for their own personal, uh, essentially as playthings, as propaganda pieces. Most of you have seen by now, these are individuals that don't even live there. They're sort of typical big government leftist, right? Not in my backyard. Here, they're, they've, they've got wealth in the billions. They don't even live there. They, they live in Qatar. They've got these private jets that they fly around in. And they, they utilize these people for propaganda purposes. They're the worst enemy of the citizens 
Free Beacon's Andrew Tobin has a piece from the river to the sea. Arab citizens of Israel say no thanks to the, quote, liberation that the that Hamas, you know, they talk about liberation. You hear uh, Congresswoman uh, Rashida Tlaib and all of these different college university white students primarily here in the United States, liberation, liberation, liberation. Well, according to Arab citizens in Israel, no thanks. Andrew Tobin writing, Palestinians and their allies have justified, even celebrated Hamas's October 7th massacre in Israel as a blow against Jewish oppression. But the two million Arab citizens of Israel have overwhelmingly responded by drawing closer to the Jewish state. Among Arab Israelis, prominent media personalities have helped lead an unprecedented surge in support for Israel and opposition to their self-proclaimed liberator Hamas. Pro-Israeli arguments that were previously almost unspeakable in the Arab mainstream have in recent weeks gotten a respectful hearing. Yosef Haddad, a 38-year-old Christian Arab influencer, has skyrocketed to fame in Israel with his outspoken advocacy for Israel both in Hebrew, uh, Hebrew, Arabic, and English. Haddad told CNN on October 22nd that Hamas's attack was a wake-up call for the Arabs who constitute about 20% of Israelis' population, or Israel's population. Quote, we literally felt that Hamas could have conquered the south and then the center and the north of Israel, where the majority of Arab Israelis are staying, and we had a very bad feeling about it, he said, who has more than 1.5 million followers across social media. Quote, immediately my friends and colleagues here said, that is the last thing we want. We do not want to live under a terrorist organization. We want to live in a democracy, and that is what Israel is. In this way, at least Hamas's barbarity on October 7th, killing and abducting hundreds of civilians, including dozens of Arab Israelis, has strengthened Israel and weakened those who accuse the country of apartheid or genocide. Quote, it's astonishing that around the world, some prominent Jews have condemned Israel for its self-defensive reaction to terrorism. Nimrod Nir, a social scientist and pollster at Hebrew University of Jerusalem, told the Washington Free Beacon. But here in Israel, the vast majority of Arab citizens legitimize Israel's response. Haddad noted that a number of Bedouin Israelis historically or heroically saved by Jews on October 7th, saying that many Arabs agree with his advocacy for social integration but have been silenced by the types of extremists who constantly threaten him and his family. However, the silent voice of Arab society has grown louder since Hamas attacked, he said. Lucy Aharish, 42, Israel's first Arab mainstream news anchor, endorsed Israel's war against Hamas in the Gaza Strip in an October 13th message to the world. She said, quote, our beloved country is under attack. Now, this is an Arab speaking about Israel. Our beloved country is under attack from a brutal, barbaric, inhumane terror organization. This, she said in English from her seat on Rochette 13 News, quote, don't be mistaken, we experience difficulties, disagreements, and major disputes like any other country on the globe, but it does not mean that we will not protect ourselves and our children and our homeland, referring to Israel. 
as as a Muslim, this is not Islam. What Hamas is doing in the name of the religion, this is not being a Muslim. She told CNN days later, this is being a monster. Masir Yassin, a 31-year-old travel blogger behind the popular Nas Daily franchise, directly addressed the tension in Arab-Israeli identity when on October, on October 8th, he declared himself Israeli first and Palestinian second. He wrote on Twitter, quote, but from today forward, I view myself as an Israeli Palestinian. Sometimes it takes a shock like this to see so clearly. Yassan, who has tens of millions of followers on social media, had previously criticized both Israel and the Palestinians, said October 7th made him realize, quote, I don't I do rather not want to live under a Palestinian government, which means I only have one home, even if I'm not Jewish and that home is Israel. Israeli government spokesman Elon Levy replied to Yassin's post in Hebrew, quote, you're a king, we love you. According to a recent survey that Nir conducted for Hebrew University, 77% of Arabs living in Israel opposed Hamas's October 7th attack, and 66% believe Israel has the right to defend itself in response. 75% expressed willingness to volunteer to help the victims, as many have already done. During previous eruptions of Israeli-Palestinian violence, near-found sentiments were almost the inverse of today's, with most Arab Israelis siding with Hamas over Israel. When Israel and Hamas clashed in May of 2021, Arab Israelis rioted, uh, Arab Israeli riots destroyed hundreds of Jewish homes and synagogues and left five people dead. Near said a major difference between now and then is the more constructive rhetoric from Arab Israeli media figures and leaders, even as Hamas has called for a popular uprising against Israel. Quote, when Nas Daily did what he did, for example, there was no Arab newspaper, radio show, TV station or influencer who wasn't talking about it. Even those who didn't know his name met this debate everywhere they went, and they did not exist before. Meanwhile, Mansour Abbas, the head of the Islamic Ram Party, has repeatedly condemned the terrorism on October 7th, including in an interview on Tuesday with the Arab-Israeli station Radio Nas. And the piece goes on, and of course it talks about clearly that there are still some that are uh, Arabs living in Israel that are supportive of Hamas, and then goes on to illustrate that those individuals are being shut down and even in some instances fired by other Arab, sometimes Muslims, who live in Israel. And the reason I share this with you is because this is not something that we are recipients of in terms of the truth here in the United States. We do not hear that. See, this is all presented as the Jews going after Arabs, the Jews going after Palestinians, the Jews going after Muslims, and making this appear as if it is a clear divide, even if it's not in the context of Jews are bad. They still present this as the Jews on one side and those who aren't Jewish on the other. And what this reveals is that you have a majority of Arabs living in Israel that are on the support or on the side of what Israel's doing. They do not want the so-called quote liberation by the Palestinians. They were fearful that Hamas 
would make inroads and actually start capturing land and that they, many of which consider themselves to be Palestinians, would actually have to live under, quote, Palestinian rule. We had lunch bunch yesterday and there was a conversation uh, about TikTok. And one of the individuals at uh, Lunch Bunch had talked about she has a high number of acquaintances and friends that are uh, black and LGBTQ and so forth. And, you know, just the difficulties of, of um, her beliefs versus what she is, quote, supposed to believe as an ally and so forth. But what she had noted is that she really liked that TikTok revealed to the world that was looking anyhow that you have people in the LGBT community and the black community and these other communities that were Trump supporters and they were very vocal about it you would I, the, the media did not play this up but this of course was the point you won't, it was a place where you could find this out because if you were just to listen to the media you would not know that you would think that Trump and Trump supporters, all white people on one side, and then reasonable people on color the other, and that there was no existence of these others. And I thought it was interesting that in this particular story, the Arab population, which makes up 20% of Israel, has noted that what they believe the difference is now versus then is social media. It is TikTok. It is these these social media influencers that are Palestinian living in Israel outside of Gaza that are openly coming out after this last attack and saying, no, this is wrong. Israel is right. The oppressors are Hamas. They are the bad guys. And once again, we have the media ignoring these people to a large degree. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Boom shakalaka. Couple things. Tomorrow we do have first responders breakfast. First responders, you get free breakfast tomorrow morning at Scramblers. We got Pyramid Roofing. You got Pyramid Roofing to think for that. Scramblers to think for that. And Barker's Frame and Collision to think for that. While there, if you want, you can get registered to win tickets to the Timeless Classic Annie Juanita K. There will be two showings, November 14th and 15th. And while you are at KSGF.com, you can register to win a Godfather's Pizza Party. And also, we've got this year's uh, Show Us Your Best Shot. Uh, this is for those of you hunting. Brad Pistole, Safe Money Radio, uh, sponsoring it. An incredible prize package. It's worth like 500 bucks. Uh, Brad Pistole, Hunter, uh, he... he crafted this prize package itself you can see everything that's in it. it's like a dozen different things that is at ksgf.com you just upload your photos your videos this season past seasons if you'd like to every or your submission is an entry um so just by submitting you are entered in other words it's not a best or the most points or anything along those lines it is simply uh uploading those photos at ksgf.com to get yourself entered we got weather in moments, traffic update now. I'm Nick Reed. First alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Cloudy, chance of afternoon showers, high today of 57, chance of rain 40 tonight, sunshine 61 tomorrow. Uh, Hamas lands another bomb, another bomb on an Israeli hospital. This isn't the first time. I ran back, Hamas landed yet another rocket on an Israeli hospital in Ashkelon. Uh, this week, causing damage, threatening lives of patients. 
Have you heard about this? Where, where are the headlines? Isn't this, isn't this remarkable? When Hamas lands a missile in the parking garage of one of their own hospitals, the media tripped over itself with headlines about how Israel had launched an attack on a hospital, killed hundreds. Of course, it was as true as, as Russia collusion was true. I mean, the, the media cannot help themselves. Here you actually have a situation in which the hospitals hit, hit by Hamas, and, oh, you know, these things happen. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are you going to do? It's war. Anti-Israeli rep Rashida Tlaib, who, of course, was recently censured and went, you know, she's part of the Saab squad, so, of course... Uh, on cue, she got up and cried at the microphone, sobbed. Apparently, according to the Washington Free Beacon, she's connected to at least six terror-linked activists who all served as co-hosts for fundraisers for her 2018 congressional campaign, according to a report from a watchdog group. Just a day after the Sob Squad member was censured by the House for promoting anti-Semitism, Canary Mission which is an organization that monitors Jew hatred across the country, says it has identified three new Tlaib fundraisers who have connections to terrorism. This includes one Tlaib fundraiser who met with a Hamas co-founder while in a maximum security Israeli jail, and another said to be allied, quote, with multiple terrorist organizations, including Hamas. This, according to the findings provided by Canary Mission to the Washington Free Beacon, a third Tlaib fundraiser was allegedly convicted by an Israeli military court for providing material support to Hamas. Canary Mission identified three other terror-tied Tlaib fundraisers back in October, or in, rather, an October report that garnered widespread attention on social media, but, of course, the mainstream news, ah, well, not her fault, of course. This doesn't mean she supports terrorists. It's amazing how many terrorists seem to support her. One of the Talib fundraisers, Mufak Jabara, met with a Hamas co-founder while both were in a maximum security Israeli jail. Jabara, who raised funds for Talib in 2018, is said to have called for the death of Jews. That's pretty standard fare. And praise the terrorist who killed U.S. Army veteran Taylor Force. Jabara, the group documented, has shared a huge amount of pro-terror material on Facebook and is well-known, a well-known anti-Israeli organizer in Chicago. A second fundraiser for Talib, Sheikh Mohammed Katanani, faced deportation from the United States for failing to disclose his conviction in an Israeli military court for providing support to Hamas, as well as his membership in the terror organization. In other words, he was a member of Hamas. Fundraising for Congresswoman Tlaib. Additionally, Katana's deceased brother-in-law, Mohammed Abu Hanod, was reportedly a Hamas military leader. 
Katana was listed as a co-host for a 2018 Tlaib fundraising event in Clifton, New Jersey. You understand, these are not people that just are going out door to door. Hey, I'm a nobody that's working for this campaign. I was wondering if you'd make a donation. They're not working the phone banks. These are people that were hosting fundraisers for it. These are the movers. and These are the people who make the money come in. The third Tlaib fundraiser most recently identified by the organization, Huwada Araf, a prominent anti-Israeli activist who, quote, has allied with multiple terrorist groups, including Hamas. Araf co-hosted a 2018 Tlaib fundraiser event in Detroit. Now, of course, if you are Trump or you are a Republican and you receive a donation from somebody that's a proud boy or somebody that flew a Confederate flag. It's all court press. It is getting and demanding explanation from the campaign. It is getting fellow Republican colleagues to comment. It is... a reasonable question to ask. Why would people like that support someone like this? Why would these sorts of people support Donald Trump? Remember that lunch. Use Trump as an example here. There was a huge scandal where one of Trump's supporters wanted to have a lunch meeting with them, and he brought along, So I, I think it was one of the Proud Boys, or somebody that was accused of being anti-Semitic. Though they never really provided what it was that made them so anti-Semitic. And, and Trump didn't even know this person was coming to the lunch. This was a, this was a oh, a big scandal. Anti-Semitism. Even if Trump didn't know, what made them think that it would be okay for him to be invited? I mean, clearly, they're cut from the same cloth here. Meanwhile, you have a member of Congress... who have, according to research, no less than six people some, uh, who are supporters of terrorism, members, one of them a member of Hamas, out there fundraising, doing everything they can to make sure that she is a sitting member of Congress. And this, uh, you know, well, you just got to represent your district. I'm sure that she will not be held account for this. I'm sure the media, if they even do cover this, they will dismiss it and we'll hear about how it is that, well, you got to understand. I mean, when you're a candidate, no candidate knows where all of their money's coming from. No, I mean, you can't expect, uh, uh, you just, you go interview other politicians. Do you know every person who donates to you? Well, no, of course. Oh, see, see, so it's unreasonable to expect that she knows. First off, these aren't random donors. These are people that are hosting fundraisers. And secondly, even if you want to pretend, that she's blissfully ignorant and has no idea that these people are donating to her. The question is, then, if not, why is she having these people raise money for her? The question is, why do these people connected to, and in some cases, members of terror organizations, so desperately want her to be in Congress? Perhaps the media should interview the fundraisers. 
perhaps these individuals who have their connections to and memberships in terrorist organizations, the media should call them up and be like, what is it about Rashida Tlaib that makes you want her in Congress so desperately that you will hold fundraisers to make it happen? I think that's a reasonable question, don't you? Oh, but that's right. We need to focus on the fact that it's the Republican Party that has extremists within its midst. Hillary Clinton (laughs) was on The View because she was looking to find panelists that would match her level of intellect. And she's gone back to this, uh, this, oh, Trump is Hitler. You know, I'm really concerned because Hitler got elected. And so did Joe Biden and Barack Obama. And, you know, so in, in the vacuumed context Hillary Clinton is is trying to explain that if Donald Trump gets elected a second time that means he's Hitler because Hitler also got elected you think about everything that's going on right now and how clear it is to Hillary Clinton that her supporters that the people she's speaking to the audience of the view the people who watch view NBC positions that as a news station or as a, as a news show that they have so little clue as to what is actually going on in the world that in this environment she can make a reference to Hitler who was anti-semitic about Donald Trump when her party cannot figure out whose side they're on When it comes to should the Jews be eliminated or not. Every one of the, I think most reasonable people recognize when you have these college campus uh, individuals, these professors. In fact, apparently the individual who killed that Jewish elderly man in Los Angeles with a megaphone, a professor at some college. These are not right-wingers. These are all, all of these people who are coming out in support of terrorism and Hamas, the people that are tearing down the posters of Israeli hostages, and, and some may be U.S. hostages. We have U.S. hostages over there still. These are left-wingers. These are Democrat activists. Again, just went through the list, the latest revelations. There are, at least that we know of, six individuals that fundraise for Congresswoman Tlaib who have connections to and in some cases are members of terrorist organizations who have served time in prison for terrorism. And their goal, elimination of the Jews. Trump, on the other hand, the peace accords moved the embassy to Jerusalem is promised, has an actual town named after him in Israel because he was such an ally, family members that are Jewish, and Hillary Clinton is able to go on The View, what ABC, again, produces as a news show and compare him to Hitler? The fact that It's just how far, how 
off the rails these networks have gone in which they they clearly do not care whatsoever about credibility it is 100% full blown propaganda and listen it's america you want to have a show on in which people are allowed to say really purely stupid and absurd things that have absolutely no connection to reality whatsoever that's fine but when you presented as by the way these are informed individuals and if you are looking to be informed about what's going on in the world this is something that we are presenting to you as a news program uh, the, the the there's got to be almost a, a, a separate tier from m- mere propaganda that these networks are participating in. Oh, it was great. Joy Reid at one point made the comment that, of course, Hillary was really the one who beat Donald Trump. She was the real winner of that election after uh, apparently a commercial break. She wanted to make sure everyone understood she wasn't denying the election. Clearly during, at some point, someone's like, maybe it ought to not be an election denier, you know, given that sort of what we accuse Trump of being, and he's on trial for being an election denier. Maybe you ought not do that. And so she she made, wanted to make sure everyone understood that uh, when she was denying that Trump won the election, she wasn't actually an election denier. Oh, okay. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Speaking of Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, the day after the pro-Hamas Congresswoman was censured for anti-Semitism. A group of congressional staffers who hid their identities behind face masks, you see this with Hamas quite often, held a pro-Hamas protest on the steps of the Capitol. Now, I wonder which political party these staffers work for. Would it be the Republican Party, which we're told Trump supporters, they're, of course, the anti-Semitics, or would it be the Democrat Party? Who do we think? The group of about 100 sat on the House steps with some holding a large white banner with a message that said, Congressional staff for a ceasefire. Ceasefire now. This is a ceasefire that Hamas is calling for, so of course they can regroup. There were dozens of bouquets of flowers, staffers laid out in the plaza in front of uh, protesters and so forth. Now, there was a flyer sent to staffers about the protest, uh, told them to hide their identities by wearing face masks, again, much like Hamas, to conceal their congressional IDs, cover their tattoos, and turn off or leave their work phones in their office so they could not be tracked. Well, that sounds like a reasonable thing, right? These aren't people that are potentially potentially up to something but can you imagine for a moment we're talking about in the capital and you want to think about all the grave concerns about january 6th in fact there were democrats who claimed members of congress were running recon uh the day before january 6th because they were giving tours to constituents Here, though, you have, if in that context you had 100-plus Republican staffers coordinate and conspire to have a rally calling for the, a ceasefire that a terrorist organization wanted, 
And it turned out that premeditatedly, they were all told, hide your badges, hide your faces, and make sure you don't bring your cell phone so nobody can track you. You think that would be portrayed as maybe just a little bit disturbing? Ah, but see, we're talking about Democrats. We're talking about Hamas, the kinder, gentler terrorist organization. 